Hello, my name is Max Kirkham, and I'm an executive producer for It's Personal. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with It's Personal's co-founder and co-artistic director, Riley Billingsley, about her performance from our horrifying show in October 2019. A frank look at what it means to lose a loved one, Riley shared her thoughts on the echoes her loved ones leave all around us. alive but are now dead. Death is the most awful, inevitable thing that happens to people. Maybe not to the person who leaves, because I can't definitely say what happens to them, but to the people they leave behind. Whether or not you see it coming, or you are blindsided by losing someone you love, tears apart your whole world. Death is fucking sad, and the ways people die can be really tragic. I grew up learning about dead people. We all do. About my parents' grandparents, about my aunt's husband that my mom just adored, and about my dad's friend Ron, who at my parents' wedding made the limo full of the wedding party go through the Wendy's drive-thru on the way to the reception. When the people we love tell us about the people they lost, we get to know them too, and they live on. When my grandma died, I got so many messages from people telling me how much they loved her and what a nice, caring person she was. And it made me sad that from there on out, any person I met, my future husband and my future kids would never get to know her. And what a tragedy that was. But I knew her. I think about her all the time. And I talk about her, and I make her chocolate chip cookie recipe, so people get to know her through me. And when my whole family gets together, it does feel like someone's missing. But it also feels like she's there. So she is. About a year ago, I went on a coffee date with a coworker. And after our date, I went on a deep dive of his Instagram, as you do. And I found out that his last girlfriend had died. Felt like the baggage to end all baggage. Thought it might be hard to date someone who lost their partner. And it is. He's the guy with the dead girlfriend. And I'm the girl who's dating the guy with the dead girlfriend. And all of our firsts, first trip, first I love you, birthdays, are all wrapped up in this intense grief and his guilt. There's no self-help book or BuzzFeed listicle on how to date someone who lost their partner in their 20s. I know because I Googled it. I will never get to know the person that he lost. 
that he loved, that influenced so much of who he is today. But I do get to know him. How would you love if you knew it could all be taken away at any moment? He loves knowing that he doesn't say how he feels about someone, he may never get another chance. Once, he took me to the memorial that is set up for her, and I got to sit in front of all the flowers and the pictures and just say thank you. Thank you so much for all that you have given him. I can tell you were a good person because he's such a good person and he loves you so much. And I'm so lucky to get to be with him. When someone I love dies, it feels like there's an irreplaceable hole in my heart. But it also feels like their soul is somehow with me, like a guardian angel. And <laughs> I like to think that maybe when I ended up on that coffee date, it's because two souls somehow met and said, we both have people that we love that really need to be together. And maybe the people we love die, but they don't really leave us. Hi, Riley. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank <laughs> to you. To your podcast. You have such a soothing voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, I could just listen to you talk all day. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's uh, uh, lots of podcast experience. I know. Really it's so nice. Smooths it out. Thank you. I appreciate that. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah. doing well. I'm um, stressed about yeah. the election. Mm, that's right. Happy election week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode will come out the day before. Oh, good. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's really like mostly what's going yeah. on in my brain. But other than that, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we well, we're going to talk about this a little bit later at the end of the podcast. But um, I thought we right at the beginning should just kind of quickly touch on how this is the very last episode of the first season of this podcast. Wow. And it's the last episode. You know, it's the last thing that really It's Personal is doing for 20, uh, 2020. Yeah. How do you feel? Um, well, I always am really excited at the end of the season because we usually end at the end of October and then we take mm-hmm. November and December off because usually our, our live shows are the fourth Thursday of every month and usually the fourth Thursday of November, December are holidays. Um, so we are, you know, around holidays. So we take those off and, um, it just feels really good to when we're done with the season and we can take a breath. Um, this year was particularly interesting (laughs) (laughs) because we had a lot of plans for the year. Yeah, absolutely. And then everything changed pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely didn't think when I was on stage this 
time or, you know, a little before this time last year performing this piece that I would not have been on. I mean, that was my last time on stage. Was it really? You weren't in any of the early shows? No. Well, I was in uh, what was going to be our second show of the season in 2020, which was March. Um, And Mm. then theaters closed as well as everything closed. So I did not perform. And so, yeah, horrifying show is my last time performing wow. on stage. Um, how how yeah. do you, you know, kind of going off of that, um, because that was the horrifying show, we're now a whole year past when this podcast or when this piece was originally performed. Mm-hmm. You know, first, let me let me thank you for sharing this story. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Not only about the passing of uh, AJ's girlfriend, but also of your grandmother as mm-hmm. well. Um you know, after this year, 2020, which we've already said has been <laughs> really tough, <laughs> do you think that you would have spoken about this? Do you think this would have been what your piece was about if you were doing it now? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's almost hard for me to um, think about because a lot of times when I have something that's kind of heavy on my heart or something I, I do want to share Once Mm -hmm. I do share it, I feel like it's kind of released. Like, I don't feel like it's something I kind of wanted to speak about. Um, Mm -hmm. And it felt good to, like, get it out there and be like, hey, this is a, like, difficult part of my relationship and my Mm -hmm. life that, like, I don't think is... I I don't know. I I felt like I finally figured out a way to kind of talk about it. Um, Right. And so now I'm like, oh, I don't feel the need to talk about it anymore, but because I already did. So I don't know. How does it feel a year on about this piece? Um, it feels... Have you listened to it since? Yeah, I actually just listened to it before we recorded. And I really like this piece. I'm really proud of it because I think that it's something I actually do think about a lot and something that my boyfriend AJ and I have talked about a lot, which is that we kind of feel like maybe um, his girlfriend had a, um, a part in us meeting or like maybe Mm. there's some sort of like, yeah, some sort of like situation that brought us together. That's not like, I think, um, you know, it was a a really hard couple years in his life of being Mm -hmm. very sad and very Mm -hmm. unhappy, like very, um, just lost and Mm -hmm. not that he's not still like sad about it because he is but um the happiness that he felt from being able to like get into this relationship I think um feels almost like this I don't know it just feels like there's some sort of reasoning for this reason why potentially we met and we've talked about it before so it was nice to kind of it's almost um, like serendipity. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, it sounds like so weird and like kind of, I like don't know. Juju like almost Yeah, like kind of like woo-woo, but that's uh, just how we've talked about it um, because she's a mm-hmm. big part of his life. Um, how long, if you don't mind my asking, how long had it been between her passing and you getting together? Um, I think when we got together a few months after that it was the second anniversary of her death like the two-year anniversary of her death so um uh like a year and a half I guess or a little more than that yeah had you talked to him I would imagine that you talked to him before you uh shared this piece on stage yeah so I what was that like 
I wrote it down. Um, I like I wrote out kind of what I thought I might want to share. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, I have this piece. This is what it's about. Can I read it to you before I read it at rehearsal? And I you read had it to written him. it fully. Yeah, I wrote it out because it was like just this thing that I was like, I kind of want to write about this topic about, I don't know. I was just like, I have written several iterations of it. Not sure if I'd ever share it, but just something that I was like, oh, I kind of want to like, mm-hmm. s- like put this into words a little bit. Um, and then um, I read it to him and he said, um, I, I, I do feel guilty sometimes and I, oh, wow. I'm really sorry. Um, and I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm not mad. Like, felt it's guilty to you. Just felt guilty for being happy, felt guilty mm. for just lots of different. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of guilt he felt in that first year of our relationship of like moving on in a way mm-hmm. that like is, uh, you know, in quotations, I guess. Right. Um, but, you know, just like having happiness again in his life. Right. And, um, the, the process of easy. grief. Yeah, it wasn't right. easy to... As as hard as, like, the whole beginning stages of grief, I think some of those other parts that people might not realize are also really challenging of, like, mm-hmm. finding love and happiness again, I think can also be really challenging. So, um, but he said, you know, he did say, I like, I am totally fine with you sharing it. And I said, are you sure? Because this is about you. And he said, no, but it's also about you. Like, this is your story and this is your, um, your experience. It's not just, you know, yeah. like it's not just mine or whatever. And so, um, then I felt okay sharing it because he said that. Yeah. That's really, I'm, uh, really, um, open and, um, quite caring of a position to take. Mm-hmm. I, um, did you find it easy to write? Like when you sat down to write, write out that first draft and then, what did it look like? Because these pieces, of course, through the um, through the uh, the rehearsal processes, they evolve, of course. Yeah. So, do you think that it changed from? It's kind of hard to remember, to... but I don't think it changed that much. I think once I got to the position of like, kind of realizing I wanted to fit it into this horrifying theme of like, oh, we'll talk about it almost like dead people as this kind of like horrifying Halloween type theme kind of made it a little bit easier for me because I had never quite figured out a way to kind of tell a story similar to this in any other format and so the horrifying theme kind of lend itself to this and then Mm -hmm. also me just thinking about how there's so many like we just have a lot of (laughs) we as alive people have a lot of dead people in our lives like we do and it's (laughs) weird when you say it like that but it's like a very true thing where like we have a lot of these people that are even um so I there's so many stories that my parents Mm -hmm. have of people that I don't know like their grandparents or their friends or things like people that that have like passed on before I ever knew them it's like the thought that you, uh, there's, I think, an old Jewish proverb where it says a person dies twice. The first time when they take oh, their last yeah. breath and the second time when someone says their name for the last time. Uh, so that, yeah. these people who affect us and help yeah. us grow and help us become who we are, it's hard to Isn't let those people like in go. in Coco, too? Isn't I believe like, so. It's kind of yeah. like a similar, fr- yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What was her activity? 
It sounds like, I can't re- really remember, but it sounds like beads, so, I think, or something. Okay, so it was a Halloween show. Uh-huh. But I was like, okay, listen, everyone. At rehearsal, <laughs> I was like, what if I'm decorating a Christmas tree? <laughs> oh, that's right. You I was like, I don't know stage, why. I just have this pink, like, maybe three foot tall Christmas tree. Mm. It's pink and like covered in glitter. And my mom bought it for me. And it was in my garage. And every day I'd like go to get in my car and I'd look at it and be like, I kind of want to use that in a show because we have activities where we're doing something on stage. And wouldn't it be fun to decorate a Christmas tree? But we don't have Christmas shows because we always take November, December off. Right. So what if I just decorate it for this? Because like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I had much of a reasoning, but everyone was like, sure. <laughs> and so what I did was I put Festival a sheet, I put a sheet over it and I cut out <laughs> eyes and a face. So it looked like a ghost. So when mm. I walked on stage, there was like this three foot tall ghost. <laughs> and then I pulled off the sheet to reveal that it was a Christmas tree. And at the end, you can kind of hear the audience laughing. And it's because I plug the tree in and it lights up. So I'm decorating <laughs> the tree with like beads and, and uh, ornaments and all these right. things. I put a star on top and then I lit up the tree. And then it was just like, Okay, the Halloween show's done. It's Christmas. It's one of these fun, um, these fun things about it's personal that sometimes the activity either gives it a little bit of a twist or, mm-hmm. or kind of helps to make the story a little more palatable in a way. Yeah. Did you find that the activity changed yes. your telling of the story itself? Yeah, how, it how felt so? it felt sentimental because I think the decorating of a Christmas tree a lot of times with ornaments or things can feel kind of sentimental. Um, And it's that time of year. Like it felt very like talking about these people in my life and kind of having, and also just feels like there's a lot of joy with Mm. the holidays and those feelings that it brings to people. So it kind of helped with that. I think like at Mm. first I'm, I get on stage and there's a ghost and I'm like, let's talk about dead people. And then I'm like, just kidding. I'm going to decorate a Christmas tree and, kind of have a little bit of fun with it because as sad as the topic may be it's also like not it's also happy you know Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where that came from I want to go back for a moment to the 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 piece itself and actually talk about the reaction that you got from it what what was people's general reactions had you told a lot of people about this experience or this um situation I don't know I think I had told like people I was close to um Mm. I think the hardest part about it is probably knowing that and I think my you know my boyfriend as I say in the piece like I you know I looked I didn't I had known him for many months before we ever went on this date I'd known him at work and all this Mm. stuff and I didn't know that he had lost a partner but when I looked him up on Instagram I figured that out and was like, oh my god! Like I did not know this. Of course, it didn't come up on our first date. How? I think how did it end up coming up? Um, he just told me one day because oh, okay. I asked him about a tattoo that he had. He was mm. like, oh yeah, and then told me, and mm. it was like you know, it was like a f- like right after we had started date. It was like a right. week later, so it wasn't that right. much longer. But I um, I kind of. I think it's it's not something you tell people right off the bat, right? Of like course, yeah. because immediately people feel bad for you. They don't know how to react about it and they're always going to think of him in this light. So right. I was hesitant. It's also very personal like you don't right, owe that of course. explanation yeah, to anybody. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You don't like throw yeah. your trauma out there <laughs> when you first meet people. So right. I felt badly 
that's why I did, you know, one of the reasons why I also wanted to make sure it was okay with him. Because once you tell other people something about someone, then they're going to think about it. And I felt bad because at the end of the show, we all were, you know, like we had a little Halloween party after the final, mm-hmm. after that Halloween show. And he's kind of like there and talking to everyone. I'm like, cool. So everyone's like, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy. <laughs> with the, you know, it's like, just yeah. felt, I felt bad that I didn't, I, there's so much to him. Like, this yeah. is a big part of his life. But like, there's also a lot of other parts about him that, um, and a lot of other bad shit and a lot of other good shit that's happened in his life. You know, it's not just, we are not just these things. But when you hear about something really, terrible that you cannot imagine happening to yourself happening to someone you can't help but like look at them and just be like wow that happened to that person that's crazy and so I I felt badly like putting it out there um and there were some friends that came that just for some reason I'd never told or you know like just people that I wasn't as close with that they were like very surprised um to hear about it uh, this is how I found out about okay Yeah. yeah it's like it's not you know just something you go I mean why talk there's about. no so, reason yeah. I should have known about it yeah <laughs> yeah so I like think maybe it's kind of nice when you can tell yeah. something I mean that's what it's personal is like you tell a personal thing about yourself and then people know it about you but they mm-hmm. it's not like you have to have a conversation with them about it it's like yeah, it's that's... just a thing that happened and now they yeah, know it that's... but they also are like wow you did this performance and that's another thing we can talk about you know i don't know yeah it it's funny there i feel like we've discussed this not just you and i necessarily but other performers who've been on the podcast have discussed this as well where it's like you know there there are some pieces where you're finished and someone wants to come up and talk to you about it afterwards and you're like no no no, i I talked about it yeah i just did it i did it on stage that was good it's what i could say is what i wanted yeah i realized like I loved it's personal for being able to tell those personal things on stage and like letting it out there and just being like, it's in this closed room and then it's, that's (laughs) it. But then also I remember, you know, um, my co-producer Liz, like I went to her wedding, her, and then like some, one of her like wedding guests was like, oh yeah, I know you because I saw you perform and blah, blah, blah about this. And that's like really personal thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm like sitting here at this wedding talking to this person about this thing that I like never really thought I'd have to talk about. And now I'm just like, yeah, I hate. Yeah. The number of people who just randomly know that I hate cucumbers. Right. They just know. Yeah. And feel the need to text me still pictures of cucumbers. And you're like, no, that's why I did this piece for you to never talk to me about it. But yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, Thank you again for sharing this with us. I mean, I know that it is quite the, um, it's quite a moment. And I think something that most people, you know, of all the things that people can kind of uh, see themselves in on the stage that it's personal, this is one of the ones that really is more uh, like putting your shoes and putting your feet into someone else's shoes to kind of spend some time there. Um, And it's, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I, I hesitate to say that it's admirable but it, you know, it's, you know, it's a, a cool thing, I think, to uh, see that you've come through this uh, and you both have kind of come through it and you're stronger and uh, still together and in love and all that. <laughs> Thanks. Especially with your little doggy baby. Yeah, now we have a dog together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk for a moment because you and I uh, are the primary producers for the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
what was this year like for you? Kind of revisiting old pieces and talking with the performers and maybe talking with some performers that we haven't been in contact with in a while. Yeah, I think that the podcast has been really like such a treat because I have been at like every rehearsal and all the shows and stuff. So I have been a part of the process and then listening back to the pieces, I'm like, oh yeah, I loved that piece. And Mm -hmm. I just, it's so nice to revisit. And I'm so grateful that we have these pieces that we do have recorded because you know, it's just such a, a snapshot in time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad we get a like this piece gets to live on, not just in that safe space of a, a theater. But if the performer is willing to, you know, do this right. podcast about it, then we can go into the pot, like into the piece more and that pe- more people get to hear it than just the people that were in that room. Because um, we have recordings from 2018 and 2019. Like we have like mm-hmm. a lot of these you know pieces and it's so nice that they get to live on again and what's crazy to me is that I have discovered parts I thought I knew everything about this specific piece or whatever from going through the rehearsal process with someone but then they tell me some other aspect about this part of their life or whatever and I didn't even know about so it's crazy yeah Yeah, that's I think has been one of my favorite things is just to to revisit and find, be kind of surprised at the moments that I had forgotten about. Right. Uh, that just kind of bring that, that like rush of talking about it again. Um, and I'm excited to keep, um, you know, it, it's one thing to have a podcast where you talk about just like whatever comes to mind, but to have this experience and then to, to delve even deeper into it, I think is just makes, brings its personal from like this catharsis on stage to just being, uh, I don't know, something really special. Um, So I'm glad that we've been able to do this um, together. Um, I have two final questions for you. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. The first one is, (laughs) the first one is, do you have a New Year's resolution? I guess, wait, three, three final questions. Do you have a New Year's resolution? Okay. Do I have a New Year's resolution? Mm Mm-hmm. No. And the reason why is because everyone, okay, so... A few months ago, I moved to Michigan for an indeterminate amount of time to go live mm-hmm. in my parents' house with my boyfriend and my dog because, I don't know, <laughs> 2020 is weird. Right. And we just decided we might as well be here because, like we're doing now, we're online. Like, we're on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Everything's online. And I was like, well, I should go, you know, be with my family. So people keep asking us, like, oh, how long are you going to be here? Like, what are you going to do after this or after that? Or when are you going to cut? Like, and I'm sick of trying to, to figure out any sort of future because I have no right. idea. And why would I try to determine what the next, like, six months is going to look like when I could not have predicted what the last six months was going to look like? Like, the last six months Fair. of my life have been insane. Like, yeah. I lost my job. I couldn't do any of the things I was doing. I, mm-hmm. like, moved to back to Michigan, which I never would have anticipated. And so... Just none of it makes any sense. So why would I try to even have any sort right. of resolution? Because I have no idea what the year twenty twenty one is going to. I think look it's like just safer to call it a, call it a mulligan, and yeah. uh, you just whatever resolution you had for twenty twenty, you can just roll it over to twenty twenty one. I don't even know what. Just that one. 
I have no idea. Or just see what, just roll with the punches. That'll be yeah, my resolution. Yeah, exactly. I, I know. I'm like, my resolution punches. is to like to not have any sort of expectation <laughs> on what, yeah, like any expectation yeah. on what I think my life should look like because it's going to be different than what I thought yeah. anyway. I'm hopeful. My resolution is to, st- to stress less. And uh, I'm hopeful that in on Tuesday, that resolution becomes much easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, which takes me to my second of three questions, three final questions is, do you have a plan to vote? Okay. So this is kind of crazy because I had a plan, another thing of like having a plan and thinking things are going to go according to plan. Mm -hmm. Why did I think that also would work for voting? So I'm like, great. I'm going to, everyone in California is getting their, their, uh, ballot sent out. Mm -hmm. I'm forwarding my mail to Michigan my mm-hmm. ballot gets sent out. I'm on the all the, the emails that tell me, track your ballot. My ballot was sent out at the beginning of October. So I'm like, great. It might take like a week for it to be forwarded to my new address. Like, mm-hmm. that should be fine. Then I'll, you know, I'll fill it out. I'll send it in right away. Like, track it. Right. Make sure it gets to California. Right. All these things. Okay. Ballot yeah. never got here. It's <gasps> I literally all of October. I'm Still? like, okay, it's going to get here. It's going to get here. It's never. It's not, has not gotten here. So. Oh, no. I know. Michigan is one of the states where you can register on voting day. You can still register. So you just have to prove that you are a resident, have been a resident mm-hmm. for 30 days. So <laughs> I okay. have a bunch of you mail. <laughs> I have a bunch of mail that hopefully some of it somehow works. They also accept your, because I do not have a Michigan driver's license. Right. And I didn't, I don't really want to have to get that because I, my car is still registered in California. So my yeah. California, it's Too, just like, such a headache, yeah. it's a lot. And I'm, you know, I'm not here for like a, a long right. time. You just so want to then, vote once, not change your life. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, they say that you can use your, um, uh, bank. If you, if your bank statement says your, your current okay. address is this uh-huh. address. So I changed my bank. So then I can show them that. Apparently you can just show that on your phone. Here's my bank statement that says it's this address. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in like literally every piece of mail I have here. And I've also gotten stuff to my parents' house being like, come vote like in oh. Michigan. So I'm like, maybe somehow I'm still in the system, even though I haven't voted here since I was 18. Like maybe something right. weird about that. Okay. So anyway, I'm planning on, I don't have any plans on Tuesday besides to go really early and just go there and be like, what can I do to right. register do and vote? get my vote counted? And like, I will be here all day. I will is go there still get early something. Voting I will... tomorrow? There is, but I don't know that I'll be able to do it tomorrow because I am working, but maybe after work, mm. but I don't have work on Tuesday. So I'm going to be like, right there <laughs> either try tomorrow night or like all day tuesday just as long as you figure out how to do it yeah it's Absolutely. very stressful it is very but anyway stressful. so that's my voting plan that's your voting plan <laughs> i've considered being like should i fly to california get like an airbnb quarantine vote like all these things and i'm like okay i that's think what's i happening. can i know i'm like i think i can vote on um like on election day in Michigan. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you can still register. So I don't know. It's a mess. Um, okay, good. I'm glad to hear that you've been thinking it out and you've got plans that you're ready to put into action. <laughs> okay. So my final question is what horrifies you? <laughs> Besides all of that. Mm-hmm. Besides everything we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, 
uh, okay. Besides, like, yes, in general, just everything in the world is horrifying right now. But it also, it's been very interesting to be in a um, battleground state during mm, this time. Because yeah. there's lots of, in, in uh, we, we live in a bubble in Los Angeles, for sure, where everything is, mm-hmm. like, a liberal bubble. And so to see, like, every other house, like, Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden, you know, like, it's kind of Wild, interesting. Yeah. And I think what horrifies me is the fact that um, we can be so misunderstood or, like, misunderstand people so much um, and that we can't potentially get through to people. Like, it, it feels really scary to see people that have a belief that they're deciding to put, like, on their lawn or whatever. And you're like, I cannot understand how you feel this way and, like, how Mm -hmm. we've gotten to this point of, like, such division um, and feeling so, like, um, confused about, like, why people feel a certain way or feel, like... And and me personally, like, seeing a... um, a lot of here in in Michigan, you see the um, blue lives matter uh, signs or all lives yeah. matter signs and, yeah. and feeling like, how can you, how can you not understand how horrific and hurtful that is to yeah, it does, people? It but does then feel like... maybe those people feel so confused and hurt by like other, th- like they clearly have this feeling that they're not doing something that's, well, I don't know. Maybe they are doing it because they want to be hurtful, but they're probably doing it because they think that makes a lot of sense and it's a good thing for them to do. And they're thinking another person's way is so, um, if you're saying Black Lives Matter, you're legitimately saying that's all that matters, which is like mm-hmm. absolutely not the case. But yeah. I don't know. It's really hard because I just feel horrified by the division and like confusion that... Um, we're experiencing yeah it's definitely something that we're gonna have to continue working on you know no matter what happens on tuesday uh or i should say tomorrow since it's coming out on monday yeah um no matter what happens uh we are gonna have to kind of figure out how we come back together and even just to agree on basics like Mm -hmm. a shared set of facts of truth of decency And a simple belief that we all want the best for each other, at least that we all are not, like, out to destroy the country. Like, if we can all start from the fact that we don't want to destroy the country, then I think that we can uh, work from there. And there's, like, maybe different ways we think we can make it better. I don't know. But it's just weird. It's just not – I just remember being – now that I'm back in my hometown and voting here, like, being 18 and really – legitimately not knowing much about politics i was in a like a government class at the time of the election Mm -hmm. i turned 18 a few weeks before the election and being like oh i'm really gonna watch all the debates i'm gonna weigh my options i'm gonna read up on like both of these different parties and be like oh this party aligns more with like what i think makes more sense Mm -hmm. and then also watching and being like oh i like this candidate more like for these reasons like legitimately having all these feelings of like really just being like oh like um what what's his name who was running against obama in 08 um oh uh, mccain like he wasn't like you know a horrific person 
but I didn't agree with like his politics. I didn't want him to win. And like, that was kind of it. And I think people felt that way in general about politics for a lot of it. It wasn't like, uh, you know, I don't agree. This isn't the best or this is this person's not like for me or whatever, but feeling like really so like just so much division and like, so right. terrified for well, the, our country. Well, I think the is, issue like, like now feels a lot more intense it's almost, than it did. It's almost like it's uh, um, it's no longer we both have a shared goal and we just have different ways to get to it. Right. It's we both have va- vastly different belief systems and mm-hmm. understanding of what truth is, and it seems like each party or the people who have chosen different camps, like each camp sees it as an existential crisis. Like, if the other side wins, America as we know it, America as we've enjoyed it for the last 200-something years, is destroyed. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the moment that could destroy everything. When really, it's... We we can all all see that it's just, like, manufactured. Like, we actually do agree. If you sit down with anybody, and you don't talk about... I mean, I know that you and I both have had conversations outside of just, you know, between the two of us, uh, where it's like you can find agreement with just about anybody as long as you, you know, come from a set of decency and then you could agree to disagree or you can compromise or you can, Mm -hmm. you know, go somewhere together or you can even, you know, go your own ways. But it just seems like we've lost the uh, ability to, I don't know, see each other as fellow countrymen and human beings and... I, uh, I think we share in the same horror, and I hope that when our podcast is back in the new year, uh, that uh, we have better things to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Riley, oh thank you again for uh, a great season. Thank you for sharing, like I've said many times, the story that you shared today uh, and on stage last year. Uh, and um, happy new year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy new year. It's going to be okay. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. Join us the fourth Thursday of every month on our YouTube page to watch our performers get personal. Information on upcoming shows and tickets can be found on itspersonalonstage.com.